1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required.
2: This is The Busted. Open. Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Bite Nation Channel 156.
3: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGrecker. On today's episode, the landlord of House of Hardcore, that's right, Tommy Dreamer joins me, and we break down everything from Monday Night Raw, especially The Fiend Bray Wyatt. We saw him at the end of Clash of Champions, and we saw him in the ring with Seth Rollins last night. Do you like what they're doing with The Fiend Bray Wyatt? Do you like the show last night? And is he the best thing going in the WWE?
0: We also talked about King Corbin, and how could you not acknowledge when we have royalty here in the studio? A legend in the fight game, a Hall of Famer, Ken Shamrock in studio with David and myself live Listen to this podcast right now. It's a Busted Open Podcast. Zowie Weldon.
3: Let's start from the end from last night or the beginning or most of the show because it seemed like The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, had his claw on everything that happened on Monday night. And very, very interesting to see what direction they're going to go in with The Fiend.
0: Well, I think the direction that they're going to go in, they're going to go all in with The Fiend, uh, and so they should. It's such a different character. It has so many different levels. And uh, I think we're going to see some, probably a singles match at Hell in a Cell. Would you agree on that? Yes. Well, it it sounds like we're definitely going to
3: get a Hell in a Cell match between The Fiend and Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. Interesting, though, because The Fiend is a character, a personality, an entity I had that one match at SummerSlam that Bully and I completely forgot about on the show yesterday. But he had the match with Finn Balor. But for the most part, we haven't really seen him in the ring except for attacks. But here he is going up against the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. Is this too much too soon for The Fiend?
0: Well, I mean, Bray's been there a long time. The new character of The Fiend, I think, it's it's primed and ready. I mean, he's been taking out everybody, mm-hmm. legends, you name it. I love the constant thread throughout the show of the reminder he's going to do something slash be there. And uh, it hopefully stuff like that continues because it's episodic television and it makes you want to stay tuned in the sense of you know he's going to be there because he's telling you, you just got to wait to see at the end. And I love the dips and turns with the return of Kane
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: And, you know, when I say uh, The Fiend with Bray Wyatt, it, it reminds me of Kane and then when he becomes Glenn Jacobs or, or Mankind, Mick Foley, Dude Love, uh, The Undertaker... When, I mean, could you imagine back when The Undertaker went from The Undertaker to The Badass, like, you know, at different times while he was still in that gimmick? But, I mean, we all, after The Undertaker's Badass gimmick, we couldn't wait to see the return of the actual Undertaker with his cup, his mind cup thing. That, you Hand know. cup. Yep, I know. So, uh, The Fiend, it's it's going to be great, and him and Seth Rollins have amazing chemistry. So, uh, I, I hope, I mean... <clears throat> they do something. I don't. I don't want to say a hell in a cell match. I would, I would love to see like his whole. What's his thing called again? The whole. Uh, come on.
3: I I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> his fun house. What is that oh, thing called?
3: The, the TV. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. I would
0: love to see a fire <laughs> a Firefly Fun House match instead of a Hell in a Cell.
3: Match. Oh. Oh. Okay. Something a little bit unique and different. And maybe. And we got a couple of calls about this yesterday. Maybe you don't see the fiend. Maybe you see Bray Wyatt and the fact that it's almost like two completely separate people maybe instead of seeing who we saw last night at the end of that show maybe you see the Bray Wyatt that we see at the Firefly Funhouse with the red sweater and the ponytail and everything else it you could go in so many different directions and i know they've hinted at this we've seen this in pro wrestling for a long time you mentioned the undertaker and kane you know you can go back to you know florida championship wrestling with with kevin sullivan but i've never seen This type of a path with the character and the personality like what they're doing with The Fiend Bray Wyatt. And I'm wondering if a lot of fans are digging it. I go on social media and social media is so tough to gauge because, you know, it's mostly negativity on social media. Judging from crowd reactions, it sounds like it's completely over. But I think today on Busted Open, I want to kind of get a gauge from our nation members if you're digging it and if you like the direction they're going in. And maybe if you're a little worried that hey, he's going to have a Hell in a Cell match in three weeks against Universal Champion Seth Rollins. And what does that mean? I kind of want to get a gauge from the nation today about how they feel about the Fiend and Bray Wyatt.
0: I I think Bray Wyatt is so on his game that uh, Husky Harris can debut on NXT and he would get that over as well. He's Um, I hate to say this because it's been said a lot, but like he's a once in a generation type of character that can transcend over time. I mean, he's been a top guy since he's become Bray Wyatt and whether it's just promos. And again, he's, you know, third generation wrestler. It's, uh, it's. That's built and ingrained in him.
3: He knows it. He understands it. And he's definitely embracing it. And this is something different. And listen, the whole show last night, Monday Night Raw, was a little bit different than things that we've seen. I know there's a lot of people that loved it. There was a lot of people who hated it. One thing I know for sure, watching that show for three hours last night, uh, Tommy, was the fact that it was completely different than most Raws. I think that's what I liked about it, is that it was so unique. A lot of times with Raw, I feel like we've been here before. We've seen this before. We've done this before. I did not have that feeling last night watching that show.
0: And they have to be. And, you know, wrestlers will always say, uh, when is WWE the best when, you know, they have competition. And mm-hmm. There's with the impending war on the horizon. Um, with AEW and, you know, uh, Impact Wrestling now getting uh, something. There's actually alternatives. And, you know, hey, also guess what? They're lucky that the Cleveland Browns-Jets game was a stinker because that's a big competition right, right there. Monday
3: Night Football, absolutely.
0: And when you have competition you need to change and you need to change in a positive way and I I felt uh, in a whole it was a it was a very very cool show Um, when I thought I was doing the show with Bubba I had a great argument with Bubba because of like the fan interaction when they had Steve Austin there wasn't the same when they had um, different guys appearing on screen and and the reactions of the crowd so at times that seems to be a little flat but if Mm -hmm. you kind of just take away and stop being so critical. Like the the gender reveal party, which you enjoyed. I loved it. Um, I thought it was totally different. I love the advertisement um, of it. <clears throat> and then, hey, I'm going to slap your face because, you know, you're the father of my child. And then, hey, we're going to go have a match. But the backstage stuff got no responses from the crowd. Um, don't know if they showed it to the crowd, but old-school era, you would hear reactions all the time, you know? And to me, at times, that was the flat part of the show, but the wrestlers paid it off nicely, and and that goes with the writers and all that stuff. It paid off their angles nicely.
3: Yeah, and, and Bully mentioned this yesterday, Tommy, and he talked about, you know, like with Bischoff now being involved and Paul Heyman now being involved, it's a different set of eyes on the show. And I think Raw... And SmackDown both needed that. They needed a new perspective, especially Monday Night Raw. They needed somebody creative to kind of look at that show and change the show. You mentioned that a lot of those segments that I liked didn't really get a good reaction from the crowd. And I think the big reason for that, Tommy, is is because it's different. They're not used to it. It takes a little time to kind of absorb it and understand it. So I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the fans to really react to something that's different that they're not used to seeing?
0: Mm, I would say talent needs to be more over than to get those reactions because you got to remember, you know, uh, Kai and Ty would get reactions of doing stuff in the back. Crash Holly would get reactions in the back. Guys who weren't main eventers, but they had storylines and they were getting pushed a constant thread throughout the show. Mm-hmm when you're that established slash over with your audience, the people are going to react to it.
3: I get it. You know, this is an interesting discussion and I know this is coming off of a very, very different Monday night raw. And I agree with you, Tommy, that, Hey, when you have competition and you have other options, you kind of got to step up your game or change your game. And I think Monday night raw is definitely doing that. But you talk about like, I mean, the quote-unquote attitude era and how every segment was over, how every character, every personality had a purpose on that show and got reactions. One thing that AEW has over the WWE right now is kind of like what the attitude era had, what ECW had, that 18 to 35-year-old. When you go back on the WWE Network and watch ECW – Everybody in that crowd is between the ages of 18 and 35, right? Correct. If you go back and watch Attitude Era Wrestling, 90% of that crowd is probably in that 18 to 35 group. When it comes to Monday Night Raw, I I kind of think it's completely different. You look at a crowd on a Monday Night Raw, you'll see a 60-year-old man and you'll see a 6-year-old child. I don't think for a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown you're going to get those monster reactions like you did 20 years ago. I think you'll see that Wednesday nights on NXT, and I think you'll see that Wednesday nights for AEW. I don't know if you're going to get that for Monday
0: Night Raw because the crowd is so diverse. Um, well, I'll tell you, like I saw my, the reaction Sasha got with her promo, uh, and you hear the crowd at the end. Oh, like They listen to every single thing that uh, she said, and you know they they pitch back to I think they pitch back to Cole and uh, and on camera with the announcers and mm-hmm. you can hear the people react to that and that's as a wrestler as a performer, that's what we work towards. And then there's you know there's the the wedding thing uh, the gender reveal was great, but then we went to uh, the tag team, the NXT tag team champions and they did this whole thing. Uh, where I thought it was my kid, ha ha ha. There was no response. Yeah. And absolutely. And like, I sat home and I'm like, I don't understand that. You know, like, it if they were super duper over or established, like, they haven't even had a match yet on NXT. I mean, on, on WWE television, correct? On no. Raw? They're just like the two spokespeople in the yeah, back. Yeah, they're in
3: the back. That's strictly, a, you want
0: to see them wrestle, you have to watch <clears throat> NXT. Okay. Um, so. Like that was just kind of like to me wasted. And if it was, they were so so super duper popular on Raw, people were reacted to that. Um, it, but this
3: is maybe a way to get them to get start getting some reactions as well. They've been on Raw for a while,
0: they've been on Raw for a while. They need to, the, for me, wrestling fans need to. It, it's it's old school Ric Flair, you have to be able to walk the walk and, and talk the talk. So you have to go out there. If you can cut a great promo, cool, but then you also have to deliver in the ring because there's been great guys who can cut promos, but they're not that good in the ring. So it's, I mean, that's kind of how the business is.
3: Yeah, yeah. And in the WWE, you need to have a combination of all those qualities. And and I think there's some that are better at it than others, and there's some that are right on the mark. Somebody that I'm still back and forth with, and I'll go to the beginning of that show last night, is Seth Rollins. There's times where I'm like, all right, he's finally clicking. He's there. He's getting the reaction from the crowd. He's getting my emotions. And there's times... Especially on the microphone, he's just flat. Seth Rollins, I don't think there's anybody that could argue. He's not tremendous in the ring. He's amazing. But there's times on the microphone, for me, he's a little flat. Do you agree or disagree with that?
0: I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. I, You know, it, it's funny how we, we were talking, uh, Bully and I, when Steve Austin was there, and we were like, thank God AJ Styles was there because he could hang with him. Yes. Um, I don't think Braun or Seth looked less next to Steve Austin because they were playing the respectful babyfaces, totally put him over. But uh, Steve Austin was the star of that segment, and thankfully AJ Styles was the the, the foil to Steve Austin. He was Austin.
3: perfect. He was fantastic in and, that segment. Uh, uh,
0: I don't want to say flat. The people behind him, they're in they're, as soon as his music hits, they're really, really into him. And uh, I think just... Yeah, man, it's it's hard coming off of. Hey, I just beat my former tag team partner Braun Strowman, and now I'm here for this, this. But I got attacked by the Fiend, and well, Uzi that's also- the thing
3: too. Like, I mean, I, you know, Alex Metz and I were having this discussion before the show. I understand creatives behind it, but after what just t- took place the night before on be that pay per view, yeah, I mean, and he didn't really have that type. He almost did like that like the you know the like the Bob Murphy happy recap of what happened the night before that's not what you want to hear you want him to be pissed off you want him to be angry or be a little bit of afraid or, or, or be confused or what the hell just happened to me last night. It seems in a lot of ways it was just like he was just recapping and it was a little bit monitored. I want to get some emotion out of Seth Rollins. Be pissed off, be angry. Show me something. I don't need a recap. I saw what happened last night. Now give me some emotion to get me emotionally tied in with you why I want to see the continuation of this story. And then at times Seth Rollins just doesn't do that.
0: He should just listen to you because you're already spitting all over me. It's 917. He's already spit on me. So excited. I love it. That's why I love your enthusiasm. That's why I love your passion. That's why we're here on this show, to talk about Seth Rollins and talk about passion. And yes, if you can deliver passionate promos like that, the people will forever embrace you. I love it.
1: Like what you're hearing?
2: Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. But you know
3: somebody that we absolutely love, who's joining us here, not only in studio, Tommy, but the first time ever here on Busted Open, and legend. it's UFC Hall of Fame. Are you right, wrestling legend
2: Ken Shamrock? Ken, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. I love the name Busted Open. How can you not love that?
3: And the oh, dude, how jacked is Ken, man?
0: I've just seen him in Vegas. I mean, right. he's always in great shape. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take back that. I'm going to teach him how to uh, work the cage here. We, we're going to build a cage. We're going to do a little ground and pound Tommy Dreamer game. But, now nah, you look great, so no. <laughs> take that, take that <laughs> back. Well, I don't want to be busted
2: open this morning. <laughs> I'll take any education I can get from you when it comes to wrestling.
0: <laughs> and,
3: you know, a lot to talk about with Ken. Obviously, the move of Impact Wrestling to access TV. And coming up in just about a month, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest pay-per-view for Impact Wrestling, Bound for Glory, where Ken is going to be going up against Moose. So a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling with you. It's good to have you back.
2: Well, I appreciate it. And I tell you, it was a, a great welcoming when I was down there. Impact Wrestling, uh, we were in Vegas. Uh, you know, it was really a great welcoming. And I uh, just want the fans to know I really appreciated that, man. Thank you.
3: And, of course, for tickets for Bound for Glory, it's happening Sunday, October 20th in Chicago. Go to impactwrestling.com for tickets. And like I said, it's always one of my favorite shows of the year. And to have Ken Shamrock back, how about this Brian Cage going up against Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan, who's going to be joining us here on Busted Open later in the week. So a lot going on for Bound for Glory. And Impact Wrestling is kind of like, in a lot of ways, Wrestling's best kept secret, but I don't think that's going to be the case anymore with the move to Access TV. Yeah,
0: and you know, it's funny how Ken got uh, involved. It's really, you know, I, I say it's uh, old school v- values with new school rules. All this really started on social media. Moose, uh, you know, Ken just, Impact Wrestling put over uh, Ken for his own uh, fight coming up and, uh-huh. and his company coming up, and then Moose just chimed in. And of all people, and it's a big pet peeve of mine, and everyone wants to make a comment. You know, there's some haters, there's some trolls, and they want to make a comment. I mean, to me, that's like, hey, you're talking bad about me to me or to one of my friends, and my friend's going to go back and say that. So Moose tags, like, retweet with comment, and you're going to see this. Uh, And Ken being, of all people who you're going to, like, say something negative to, you know, Ken Shamrock I mean a legend in the fight business yes combat sports and then it just kept on morphing where you know I actually thought it was a joke I'm seeing the going back and forth and I'm just like is he for real and I mean I'll let Ken tell the story but then it just morphed to and I mean kudos to Impact be like hey are you interested in fighting (laughs) so
2: yeah Yeah, it was great because um it was as Brian Cage you know we were kind of ribbing one another and him being the champion all and i was kind of ribbing him a little bit and we had our back and forth and this guy chimed in moose chimes in. i don't know who he is right and so he starts chiming in saying different things and listen I, i know tommy dreamer man and 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 everybody in wrestling respects what he's done when it comes to that hardcore style right and then he starts disrespecting him and i'm thinking Man, this dude, who this guy needs a, a, an ass kick, and I hope I can say that. I just did, so just just doesn't matter. It's
3: satellite radio. Uh, you can say whatever you want. So
2: I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy, somebody's got to shut him up. And uh, I remember making a call to Impact and saying, hey, man, you know, who is this guy? And, uh, of course, they were having problems with them too, right? The same disrespect towards the company, towards the owners. And uh, I said, well, why don't you let me come down there and put an end to him there and say, well, we're in Las Vegas. Why don't you come on down? I said, all right, I'll be there. So that's how it all started. And there I was standing in front of him. And, you know, we were standing in this. Um, if you correct me, where was that sports place that we were at? Sam's Town. Sam's Town. And, yeah. But then I was in a in a, uh, a building where he smacked me in the head. Where was that at? i don't remember i'm sorry we were standing there we were doing this thing in the store where we were going to go ahead and face off going to make the announcement and he reaches over the las
0: vegas shop yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. he reaches over and he hits me in the head and i go that's my move (laughs) that is my move how did you so i just literally you know everything just kind of morphed and now here we are waiting for bound for glory and um, you know, we're not too far away from me being able to put a beating on him and shutting him up once and for all.
3: Let me ask you something, because, you know, like Tommy said, no, listen, I'm, I'm talking to two legends here. Uh, you know, Tommy with in, in pro wrestling, you in all combat sports, kickboxing, UFC, MMA, pro wrestling. Do you notice now like with social media that People who probably didn't have a voice before feel that they have a voice or have to chime in or they use social media in a way to get them over. And do you feel that maybe like the newer generation when it comes to pro wrestling doesn't have that respect for the legends that came before
2: them? I don't think it's just pro wrestling. I think that's in all sports. The social media thing just started booming and it gave people a voice. And it gave them a voice to be able to say whatever they want to say without any repercussions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we have what we have today with people getting on there and disrespecting people, saying stupid things. Because there's no instant, um, you know, you're going to be held responsible, right? But mm-hmm. it, in social media, that's just not the case. Like, people just say whatever they want, and on they go. They all have different handles. You don't know who they are. So it just opens up that door for that wide variety of Disrespect. Um, and I, I've found out long, long ago that, you know, if you and you have to be involved in social media. It's the only way you can still keep staying in touch with everything that's going on in the world. But I also know that um, you just don't take everything that personal because there's some stuff that comes at you that you're just like, what the, where did that come from? And so you just let it roll off. But then when you get an opportunity to actually call somebody out, and you know who they are, you know where they're at, and then to be able to have the fans follow that. Because very rarely do people get to see a troll on there, a keyboard warrior on there actually get called out, and they get to see something actually done from somebody on there talking smack, and most times they wouldn't be held accountable. Well, this time, he's going to be held accountable.
0: You know, it's funny when I I watch anything like UFC or or forget about professional wrestling um, because uh, I love the fact that we, you know, we have this show because of professional wrestling and people give their opinions. Cool. No one's really ever disrespectful. It it's extremely hard to be in a fight, to prepare, to fight another person without rage. I mean, I I've bounced, I have gotten into fights and in bars and, and riots and ECW, but to prepare to fight, Without hatred, rage, and just, hey, this is my job, I have to beat this person. And then I see so many, like every Friday night when there's a UFC fight or a Bellator fight, uh, everyone's like, oh, well, they should have done this, they should have done that. And I'm like, if you've never been in that situation... How could you say mm-hmm. to do that? And then you're saying that, like you would tag a Ken Shamrock of Crazy. Like, Ken Shamrock, how could you have done that? Well, I'm fighting for my life. Like I'm getting punched in my face. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I didn't, but like as as a performer, it's a lot different from when you you know, I don't know how you or the other guys in your world. And uh, another cool thing, we had so many you a lot of your friends from the UFC world came to uh it was like a UFC gala in the back. It was awesome. Uh, who, it's fun to
2: see that crossover, right? I yeah. mean, you think for so long, um, when I started into the pro wrestling world, there was no path there. I just did it. Like, I, I ran into a situation where I wasn't going to get my contract renewed. Uh, they were having problems in the company. They wanted me to come back. But they wanted me to come back for less. I couldn't do it. I had a family. I had a gym, everything to support. So we had a discussion saying, well, you know, I got to walk away from this. Um, But I'll come back once everything gets squared away with all the legal issues, with the uh, world of mixed martial arts at that time. So I went into pro wrestling. Well, there's no path. I mean, there's nobody had done that in in what I had been in. So I went there and I did it. And uh, to see um, now the amount of people that are literally going from wrestling into MMA and MMA into wrestling. And uh, here's a fact that um, I want to clear up because I think it's 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 gone so far that people don't even realize that I was a wrestler first. And then I went into MMA. Um, I started long ago under Vince Torelli. Mr. Wrestling, Vince Torelli. And I was in Mooresville, North Carolina, and I was putting in work down there. I was even on WWF three house shows, worked against Barry Horowitz twice and Mega Man once. Um, And then I went over to Japan and I got to work in Baba's group. Um, So I put in some work uh, before I went into MMA. Then I had the opportunity uh, of being very successful in the MMA, going through Japan into the U.S., um, and then also going back into pro wrestling, so um, being able to 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 have that journey, be able to pave that path, and be able to see how successful so many people are becoming from MMA world or from MMA into um, pro wrestling or pro wrestling into MMA. And uh, some people say, which one is harder? Well, I, I don't I don't necessarily think which which one is harder. I think it's about the person that's actually doing it.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I know Kurt Angle would always say professional wrestling was harder to get into coming from what he used to do because it was, I'm here to win. I'm here to give it my all, but to win. You coming from, and I mean, I knew your background, you coming in from that world to like, oh wait, I have to fight for real now, that's a harder Mm -hmm. thing too. But I mean, I know you were badass in the, in the, the real world as well, so it's not, for me, my hardest part, like to, would be I need to fight for anger, but that's why you were a pro in that world. Like I need to somebody try to hurt my friends, or you know, you're in a bar, you're in a riot, something like that. That's the only way I could like get in. I need to be enraged, and I would then also get. You blown mean
2: like up. Moose disrespecting you? <laughs> yeah, but uh, like that. <laughs> I got to incentive. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's a different different time, and you know, I know Moose i don't even need an apology from moose and i just think some people shouldn't have social media because uh but hey you're gonna be you're probably gonna be like the first troll hunter
3: Uh, (laughs)
2: yeah maybe that's my nickname going in troll hunter. you
3: know ken you mentioned about the the worlds of pro wrestling and mma and and how they've been overlapping especially lately the channel that we're on fight nation it's all combat sports we have boxing we have mma we have pro wrestling what I've noticed as a fan of pro wrestling, and, and admittedly, I'm, I'm not a fan of MMA. I'm just a hardcore pro wrestling fan. But I have I don't disrespect, and, and I have no reason to disrespect that world because I think there's a lot of give and take there. But it, it feels like a lot of fans and a lot of journalists from the world of MMA disrespect pro wrestling. Do you feel the same way?
2: Well, I, I think that there's a competition. Um, people always want to say, well, uh, MMA is, you know, uh, those guys are blockheads, you know. They, they don't have any ability to to um, entertain, you know. They're just focused. They go in there and they do this. But these wrestlers, man, I mean, you hear it all the time. That guy could really do well. I mean, he could kick his ass if he wanted to and just disrespect without even having to do it. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, then you've got I'm actual pro wrestlers who... Um, Kind of do the same thing, just along even the fans, and even on the MMA site, the same kind of thing where they say wrestling's fake. And I just like, dude, you need to back up on that because <laughs> I've done both and I've been injured more in pro wrestling than I ever was in the MMA and No Hole's Bar. I mean, why wow, was that possible? I say, well, one of it is because I was damn good at No Hole's Bar in MMA, and I'd go in for one minute and I'd win. But when I went into pro wrestling, we had to go in there and we had to put on a show. And we had to get thrown and slammed, well, you know, through tables and chairs to the face and sticks and you name it, whatever they could bring up, trash cans. I mean, that's a lot of abuse on your body, and it's not just one night a week. Sometimes it's four times in one week, 360 days if you're on the road working hard like that. And I got beat up a whole lot more doing pro wrestling than I ever did in MMA.
0: Ken, who was your favorite opponent in professional wrestling?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of. Dude, I was very blessed. I got to work with Shawn Michaels, Brad Hart, Stone Cold, The Undertaker. I could name all of them. But I would like, I think um, that um, my time in uh, the WWF and the time with The Rock really helped me develop. Um, and him also where we both got to develop off, cut, cut our teeth on one another and really develop characters um, that were solid in that pro wrestling era. And um, I'd like to think that uh, me and The Rock were at that time when we were working those programs, we had put on matches that were just as good as some of the top guys matches. And, uh, and it was because we were our chemistry was so good together. And that, you know, uh, even when we went into it, I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> and he, of course, um, if you seen the chair shot, he definitely obliged me. I literally told him, I said, bro, I ain't selling anything if it don't touch, you know? And I did that with everybody. I just said, you know, I can't do that. And he looked at me, he said, oh, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was the 90s and 2000s, come on now. There was no such thing as concussions. We were hardcore. <laughs> right,
2: right, and it was fake, but, Hey, go figure. <laughs> but sometimes you need that
3: physicality, like Tommy was saying, for that incentive to really get to that next level when you're in. Like you said, you needed to be angry. You needed to have that kind of state of mind. So, I'm thinking, Ken, from what you're saying, there need to be a little physicality. You had to feel it
2: so you could react to it. Because that's that was entertainment to me. It was like, I can't... I mean, a lot of... i seen how they do it and some guys are really good at it, but man, I just couldn't do that. And I watched his matches too, man, and the stuff they did, man, I was like, dude, now see, that I can get into. That kind of stuff is for real. And uh so for me, it was, and even when we did the hardcore matches in the WWF, I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was just so intense, but it was real. I don't care what anybody says when they start talking to This to SmackDown Wrestling's well, fake. We, I promise you, why don't you get in there and do a hardcore match? You tell me it's fake when you get out, well, if you get out of there. <laughs> Let's get into Impact
3: Wrestling because we talk a lot about Impact Wrestling on this show. And listen, Impact Wrestling has gone through a lot of changes over, you know, a long span. TNA then becoming Impact Wrestling, a lot of management and executive changes. But man, the product that Impact Wrestling has been given for well over a year now, I think has been fantastic. And with this landscape of pro wrestling changes, I think Impact Wrestling... Is more than just an option. I think it's a it's a necessity. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you need to tune in every week. And now this move to access TV, I would think. And you've been a part of the company before, but right now, when you look at Impact Wrestling, you got to be proud of what the product is right now and the roster of wrestlers that are part of this company.
2: Yeah, no question. Um, you know, when I that's the reason why I was ribbing Brian Cage because that's the company that caught my eye. You know, there's all these other ones out there. But it just seems like there's there's so many um, characters, so many attitudes, so many uh, prima donnas um, that are in some of these other companies that you can't go out and actually travel on the road, have a good time, put your shows on, be able to go home. And re- and, and, and you feel like you've, even though it was hard work, you feel like, a hey, that was a good time. And I like the people I'm working with. Um, I just don't feel that. Or at least I don't see that with the other companies that I've been watching out there. It just seems like the guys don't get along with one another. Like everybody's trying to step on everybody's head. And it looked like at Impact, like everybody was trying to build the program. From the top down, everybody was working together to get a good product. And to me, I think that was the important part for me, moving in the Impact direction, was that I want to be around people that, one, were all trying for the same goal, and that was to put on a good product.
0: Yep and, and you know it's funny he was in the same room I was with and I uh, some of the the rascals were were back there and yeah. I was mm-hmm. like hey guys uh I got to ask you something about your match and I'm explaining to him saying and that's my job as somebody who's done it and then I asked a question and I was like hey you want to know how to take somebody down or you want somebody to fight advice there's Ken Shamrock and he's like absolutely man hey you got to do this you have a locker room of men and women who want to learn. And it's also like, you know, very few attitudes and there is a respect factor except for stupid moose, um, but <laughs> right. they want to better themselves. And like, I always say, Hey guys, this can be your home. If you want to use this place to go somewhere else. Cause cool. Cause guess what? There's a million other wrestlers that want your job and use this. And and I use this example, LAX, 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 Left Impact, their contract was up. I was like, cool. What else could they do there? Move forward, go somewhere else. Impact got everything out of them that they Mm -hmm. possibly could. Great, because now there's other tag teams that it opens up the door for. But when you have, you know, someone like Ken's experience, my experience, Don Callis' experience, D'Lo Brown's experience, helping people, they've all been there. And you have people that want to see them be be there too, you know? Uh, And... The fans want to see Ken Shamrock return to wrestling. That's important. That lineage, that history. Well, when, when I watched him in a Bellator and I saw you brought a Road Warrior Animal out yeah. there, I popped. Yeah. I loved it because it was that connection. It was like that's why wrestling fans, and they never forget. I saw him come back live in Vegas, and people gave him a standing ovation. It's like, thank you for coming back. We love you. And that embracement with wrestling fans never goes away. And that's what I love about it. And we know this, too, probably more than any other
3: sport, wrestling fans really embrace the past and have a passion and a love for the legends. So there may be a lot of fans that watch Impact Wrestling now that know you can but have never seen you wrestle or never were watching you back, you know, a decade ago. So now they have that opportunity. I think I think newer fans embrace that.
2: I do, and um, just to go back on what, what Tommy was saying was that I remember sitting in that in the locker room uh, when he brought these 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 men in, these, I wouldn't say kids, but they're kids compared to me. But, uh, you know, they they went out and they, they were all smiles and they were, like, happy. And when we watched the match, we saw the things that they did. They're great moves. All the stuff was really good, except they weren't in the right places. like And so when he came in and he started teaching them, I just, like, in my mind, I went, see, this is why I'm here. Because it's not... If we if somebody was trying to do that with some of these other organizations, these guys would have flipped them off and said, who, who do you think you are? So that's the reason why I chose Impact, was because everybody's trying to build a quality product that makes sense.
3: You have your match with Moose at Bound for Glory. The main event is Brian Cage, as you mentioned, the Impact champion, going up against Sammy Callahan. And Sammy Callahan's a guy that's... A little out there, you know, he's got an attitude, but he was the Impact Wrestling 2018 Wrestler of the Year. Tell me if I'm wrong. I look at Sammy Callahan. he kind of reminds me of somebody that I first saw when I first put on TV for the first time and watched pro wrestling. The first person I ever saw was Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. Sammy Callahan reminds me a little bit of Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. I believe Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer was an influence with you early on in your career. Do you see that with Sammy? And and tell me some stories. you got to have some Buzz Sawyer stories.
2: Of course I do. Um, Yeah, I don't know enough about Sammy um, uh, to compare him to Buzz. Mm -hmm. I do know he's very talented uh, and he looks very, very strong. Um, which is going to be a problem for Cage because Cage is usually pretty strong, very acrobatic, great, great worker. But that should be a pretty challenging match for Brian. So uh, we'll see what happens. But with uh, with Buzz, I remember um, it was at towards the end of his career. He's still going over to Japan, and he would bring guys up. I came up there because I wanted to do pro wrestling. Uh, I just finished playing ball in college. Uh, my dad had turned me on to pro wrestling, and I said, "Yeah, I'll give that a shot." So we would drive up from Reno to Sacramento, and we were supposed to go to his, his gym. Well, his gym was the park. It's like down the street from his house. And so he would go out there, and the first, I don't know, maybe the first couple of weeks, we'd go down on the weekends, and, and he'd have us run and doing push-ups and just doing conditioning. And then he, he brought me aside into his house, into his office. He goes, hey, I got this thing I want you to do, because I'd done tough bands, and I was a shooter. And a uh, shooter means uh, somebody that's a, a wrestler, a fighter, a guy that can take guys and beat them up in the ring. Well, Buzz says, listen, I'm getting 1200 to $1,500 from each person that comes in. And he goes, um, man, I'm getting old. I got to go to Japan. I got to do all these other things. And he says, I need somebody to take over and and uh, shoot on these guys. Of course, I'm going like, um, you mean like, take them down, like wrestle? And he goes, no, make them quit. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I yeah, didn't quite know what he meant. He says, I don't want them to pass. He says, they got to go. And if they give up in an amount of 30 minutes or whatever, whatever time limit it was, if they don't make it, then they're out. And wow. so I said, okay. So we go to the park. Four guys show up. Two of these guys were like, one of them was called horse. He was a big old dude, muscular, played football. I think I weighed probably about 215 at the time. I was always strong, though. Benched somewhere about 600 pounds. I was just really, really strong. And I was a great wrestler, a great fighter, and so these guys would come in, and, and Buzz would hit the clock, and okay, go. And it was out in the middle of this park, and so I just started beating the hell out of these guys, and they would quit. Each of them quit. Well, then I found out afterwards that they had all paid twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars. I didn't know that. Well, Buzz was kicking me $300 each time I did it. I was like, oh, cool. Gas money and some food, you know, coming down here. But I wasn't learning anything, right? He was just having me shoot on guys, and he would go to Japan every so often. His brother would come in, and he would run the classes, and I would just just beat guys up, you know? That's the old school carny (laughs) way. So so this is amazing. Uh, So...
3: People would join Buzz Sawyer's wrestling school, pay 1500 bucks, yeah. and then they would get 30 minutes with you. You would beat the shit out of them. Yes. They quit, and they keep the money. Yes. Give you, I mean...
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, then that came to me, not... My father, basically, because he was the one pushing me, said, we're not learning anything here. Uh-huh. It wasn't but two weeks after we decided to go somewhere else, Buzz died. He OD'd. Um, he had a, a bad a bad issue with uh, with cocaine, and uh, I guess he went into a nightclub and he hadn't paid the right person or done something because he was a tough dude, right? So when he took stuff from people, he didn't care. He just took it and say, F you, you ain't going to get it back. And Well, I, I think somebody gave him a hot shot. And damn, he felt, found him in the bathroom on the floor dead. And uh, so we had already made plans to be going down to um, Nelson Royals. And it was Nelson Royals and Gene Anderson's in Morrisville, North Carolina, where I did another tryout. And it's funny because when I was down there doing this tryout, they had us running, doing all the things that Buzz was doing. And then at the end of the tryout, they had this shooter come in. And uh, I was like, oh, no, they ain't. like yeah, yeah, Oh, no, they ain't. And so I remember doing these things. We were in this this cow pit, and he had this land out there, and he had us running, right? Well, Tommy, it was Tommy Angel. Um I was running, and I went all the way up, and I touched the line, but I didn't go all the way down. I ran back, and I was blowing everybody away. And As I get to the end, Tommy goes, do it over. And I was like, huh? He goes, you didn't touch the line, do it over. And I'd already done like 10 of them. So I said, okay, boom, I did another one. I did 10 more. No problem. So um, it seemed like they were picking on me, right? Like they were trying to get me to quit. So we get into the wrestling, and this dude comes in, and he's probably about 240, not muscular, but big and uh, he was probably about six foot my height a little bit and so they said okay 20 minutes and i'm thinking oh damn <laughs> you guys have no idea what's coming here <laughs> so we go at it dude was pretty good right there's no question he was pretty good but we got into it about 15 minutes and i started taking over on him and then i just thumped him beat him up and um so i passed right but and we paid money 3500 for this for his we drove all the way up there Mooresville, 3500 for this and uh, I was like, I ain't. You, you guys are not making me quit. So I beat this dude up. And, and there was a couple other guys, even when they lost, right? They still lost, but they still passed. So I was like, oh, well, you know, they ain't here just beating guys up and taking their money. They just want to make sure they're tough. And, and, and I think most wrestlers know this. Back in that day... I mean, people didn't do pro wrestling unless they were tough. You had to pass tryouts. You had to go through certain things in order to make these different schools that you were at. Because that's the thing they want you to do is go into a nightclub and get your butt kicked and you're carrying their strap. So it was was interesting to me. And six months later, I was carrying that strap. I mean, I just picked it up so fast and ended up going to WWF for a couple of house shows and over to Japan.
3: It's amazing. Awesome. That's an amazing story. I love it. I love it.
0: Moose is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem when Ken came back was because uh, Ken is just a little older than me, and I'm 48, and he's in such great shape. He really has raised the bar for older wrestlers, and I'm like, dude, now I got to really start working out. <laughs> like, why did yeah. you come here?
2: we get him back in the ring.
0: I'm trying right? to bury him in the back because I, he looks phenomenal. He walks yeah. in with a tank top. He's freaking. I think him and Billy Gunn are like the two. Yeah. Um, Best bodied frigging guys in wrestling
3: right now. It's, Jeez. it's amazing. You are in phenomenal shape. And again, making me you, look bad. You uh. need to be because come October 20th, you're stepping in the ring with Moose again. Impact Bound for Glory Sunday, October 20th in Chicago. For tickets, go to impactwrestling.com and for all information. And once we get past Bound for Glory, then Impact Wrestling is making the move. To Access TV. See Ken Shamrock, see Tessa Blanchard, see Sammy Callahan, see Moose, see Brian Cage. A lot to be excited if you're a pro wrestling fan because Impact Wrestling is back and man, they are making major changes and this move to Access TV is a big one. And Bound for Glory, their biggest show of the year. Ken, it's been an, a- I mean, we could talk to you for hours.
2: Yeah, well, let me, let me, I'm gonna throw something in there sure. real quick. I know we've been talking, you know, mad about um, Moose. But you know, I I didn't know who he was when when we first started uh, getting into this. I thought he was some punk guy, which I still think he's a punk. But um, I, listen, the, you cannot take away from this guy's skills. This guy's good. Um, so I know, and I'm not taking him lightly, man. I've done that before, and I got my ass kicked. So I'm not taking him lightly. You know, this guy is very talented. He's very athletic. Um, and so there's no, I mean, I think anybody impact anybody that is in. In Impact Wrestling knows that this guy is no joke. He may not be the best guy in the world, but he is very talented. And so they're come from Bound for Glory. I will be ready. Also, too, I want to bring up the um, uh, September 21st um, Valor Paranuckle which is just a week away, man. It's going to be awesome. It's bare-knuckle fighting. I'm launching that. That's my business. The fact is I'm really looking forward to this thing moving out. September 21st, Valor BK. You can get it on any of the pay-per-view networks and then fight TV. You can stream it on your your phone. But I did this for a reason because I truly believe that bare-knuckle is his own beast and that just like we were talking about earlier, if you're a tough guy, um, and you bar, you're, you're bouncing bars or, or that you're just a tough guy, you're, you got, you're 100 no in street fights, you're tough. Bare knuckle is the kind of thing that pro wrestlers, that MMA fighters and that boxers are all even. Nobody has the advantage because it is a street fight and in a street fight you're not going to the ground you're not trying to pull off these submissions and in boxing you don't have anything to protect your hands you have nothing to be able to block with so it's its own beast man I'm looking forward to this thing taking off and I look forward to grabbing some wrestlers and getting in there and them throwing down too because I've seen some guys uh, that are pretty damn tough in pro wrestling I'd love to see them get in there
3: bare knuckle Tommy what do you think I go back to the days of Philo Beto you know
0: what (laughs) I'm
2: yeah right (laughs) fabulous (laughs)
3: fabulous
2: <laughs> reference
0: no one got
3: that <laughs> that's great right turn Clyde.
0: <laughs>
3: that's awesome ken thank you so much for the time and it's been an absolute pleasure you're welcome here anytime can't believe 10 years that we've been doing this show this is the first time you've been busted on um, busted open and it's been an
2: absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate both you guys, Tommy, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much.
1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer are available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Series XM, no car required. Baron king, Corbin.
0: Excuse me. Address him properly. King Corbin. Or King Baron Corbin. Don't know what we're going to go with. King moniker. Corbin.
3: King Corbin sounds better.
0: <sighs> Who is your favorite all-time king?
3: Uh, that's a really good question.
0: Okay. Um, that could be a whole segment.
3: I would probably have to go with Harley Race.
0: Really? Yes. What? I want to throw things at you right now. Harley Race, even in his book, said he was out of shape. He was suffering medical issues. He was so slow with that King of the Ring uh, that time in his career. And you, and the, the fixture of the NWA, you being such a proud, stern NWA guy, you think King Harley Race as your king.
3: I do. And here's why. <clears throat> because let's look at it. Look at what they did to Dusty Rhodes, and then look how they treated a lot of those super. Look at how they treated Ronnie Garvin; they made him a referee for crying out loud. At least with Harley Race, at the end of his career, they made him King Harley Race. Okay, so hey, I look at it's your I at, opinion. I look at that a little bit more fondly, and being an NWA guy, I still looked at Harley Race as that NWA champion. So I'm glad that they actually gave him that nod and made him King Harley
0: race. I'm going to put it on social media when uh, you guys finally give me the Wi-Fi pass. Um, I'm going to ask the nation what their favorite king of all time is. Because there's a lot of them. I would have to, for me, it's even though he didn't win a king of the ring, he's always been wrestling royalty, Jerry the King Lawler.
3: Well, wait a second. a wait, 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 wait. up about What? Wait, wait a second here.
0: I said your favorite king. I didn't say your favorite king of the but ring. We're talking about king of the ring, Tommy. I, but did I say that? So, no, you can't say Jerry Lawler. Why? He's the best king ever. I will throw a fireball at you here in studio a- after the coffee. Well,
3: obviously he's the best king ever.
0: <clears throat> okay.
3: But I thought you were talking about king All right, of
0: the ring. then I will change my opinion because I'm being uh, yelled at on the air. So my favorite king I don't know who my favorite king would be. Moon Dog King, how about that? All right,
3: here All right, here are the king of the ring, the past king of the ring winners. Okay. Obviously, here in 2019 Baron Corbin. 2015, which was the last half before Baron was Bad News Barrett. I don't think anyone's going to mention Bad News Barrett. Before that, it was 2010 with Sheamus. 2008 William Regal, 2006 Booker T, 2002 Brock Lesnar, 2001 Edge, 2000 Kurt Angle, 1999 was Billy Gunn, 1998 was our guest that we just had, Ken Shamrock, 1997 was Triple H, 96 was Stone Cold Steve Austin, 95 was Mabel, 94 Owen Hart, 91 and 93 Bret Hart, 1989 Tito Santana, Ariba, 1988. Ted DiBiase, 87. Randy Savage, 86. Harley Race, and the first ever King of the Ring winner, Da Morocco.
0: Wasn't King Haku? Uh, king Haku,
3: no. God bless king you. King of the Ring.
0: But zero. how come he used to have a robe in the crown? Did or did he steal it from Harley Race?
3: He didn't steal it from Harley Race. Who did he I steal it from? I thought he was a from? king. <clears throat> he was King Haku. But I believe that was stolen.
0: Hmm. Man, my wrestling marked him is a little I haven't slept much. I will say I you know what? I my favorite king in wrestling is Jerry the King Waller, even though personally we don't get along. But do you not my get favorite, along with
3: Jerry the King no, Waller? He caned me in my testicles
0: and never even said That's I'm true. sorry.
3: He never apologized for No, that?
0: he threw fire at me. Interesting. And burnt well, they, my hair. All those I got bald. a bald spot because all those of me. Memphis
3: guys would throw fire though.
0: Um, I would say I loved King Harley Race, but it, I always had that, I'm an NWA type of guy. I would say because they reminded me every time and I loved him and her together, the Queen Charmel and all hail King Booker. all hail King
3: Booker. Oh, and and you know what? You were right. In 1988, uh, King Harley Race had that stomach issue, which what? Which wasn't just show, that he legitimately had- Like you. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and he, he sustained it in a match against Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. So Haku was given race's crown and robe. See? And was rechristened King Haku.
0: I don't know anything except for wrestling. I love it. My brain works like that. So I guess you I can- just, I just cured another concussion that I had.
3: So he never won King of the Ring, but he, he is a, a king. former king. King Absolutely.
0: Haku. He's my second favorite king.
3: You would probably have to say that King Haku was the toughest of kings.
0: Ooh, imagine a real fight between Harley Race and Haku.
3: Like, But Harley Race in his prime, not when he was King Harley Race. Hmm. Ric Flair was... He, we had Rick Flair as a guest last week... And he wished me well with everything that's going on. I hope I do make it. He asked, actually said, he, I hope I, you pull through. And the I hope Ebola. I Fingers crossed.
0: Yep, you'll are cure Ebola. There's a, there's a cure for it.
3: And he said the toughest guy ever was
1: Harley Race. Hmm. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted
2: Open Podcast.